Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Retroist. I'd like to talk a little bit about a phenomenon that's become sort of rare now that arcades are not as popular as they used to be. I remember this phenomenon coming up on many occasions when I was a kid, and I'll explain it through my first encounter with pole position. I was up at an arcade in northern New Jersey at a place called the Willowbrook Mall, and my family would go to eat at this restaurant called KCO Tools, sort of a TGI Fridays in that area. Now, my family would sit and eat forever. Not actually eat, just sit there at the table, even afterwards. If you were a little kid, of course, you would go nuts. Luckily, my family was also nice enough to let me leave the table so they could do whatever adults did. I think they just sat around chatting, smoking, whatever it is they did. And they would let me go to one of the two arcades in the mall. Always meant I loved when we went out to eat at that mall. Back in those days, you never knew what you were going to see when you went into these arcades. There was an arcade right next to KCO Tools called The Purple Room. The Purple Room, smaller, lots of stand-up games. I would often go in there if I knew we weren't going to be long, but if I knew I had more time, I could go to a place called Fun and Games, which was a much bigger arcade. On this particular instance, I was able to get there. On this particular meal, there was plenty of time, I went to Fun and Games. I had a dollar. I got four quarters, started wandering around. That's when I noticed a crowd had formed, and it had formed around a game I'd never seen before. So I approached it, and it was a sit-down game. Now, sit-down games are not anything I'd ever seen before. I tried to push my way in, and when I got closer, I realized it was a racing game. It was pole position. Now, here's the phenomenon. As I stood there, I was completely entranced. I couldn't look away. The whole time, I just kept getting closer and closer to the game. This is something that little kids still do nowadays. If you're playing games with them on the console, they just sort of stare at the game and get pulled in. But in an arcade, you can't really see the game unless you get real close. It's not on a big television. So I get a little step forward, little step forward. Finally, I'm almost inside the game with the guy. And he looks at me and says, do you mind? I, of course, backed up. I'm entranced again. Five minutes later, I'm almost inside the game with him again. I can't help but remember how amazing seeing that first pole position game was. Here you had a sit-down game, huge crowds, everyone was excited. I had a dollar. I never got to play that day, by the way, because the line was too long to get in and people were putting their quarters up, reserving it. And I remember watching that first guy play thinking, wow, it's just like driving a car. There he is sitting there, seat back, he's got the pedals on the floor, he's got his hands on the steering wheel, there's an ashtray in there and he's smoking. That guy's living the life. It's kind of fun if you go to an arcade nowadays and you still get to witness that phenomenon, but it's rare because they're just not there. Still, it shows how powerful video games are as a medium. Now, I'm too self-aware to get into a video game cabinet with you if you're playing it, but in my head, I am still that into it, and if I didn't have that sensor, just like that little kid, I would still climb in there. Then you'd probably blow smoke in my face and tell me to beat it, kid. On today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about pole position. We'll talk about the development of the game. We'll talk about the gameplay, a little bit about the strategy of the game, 
We'll talk about its ports, its sequels, and of course we'll talk about the classic Saturday morning cartoon which had almost nothing to do with the video game pole position, but was licensed and did share the same name. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. Prepare to qualify. Position was a racing game. It was released in 1982 by Namco and was published in Japan by Namco and in the United States by Atari. And in a few minutes, we'll talk a little bit about how lucky Atari was to get their hands on pole position. The game is not the first of its kind, but was really groundbreaking in its immersiveness. It's a rear view racer format, meaning the camera or the driver is actually outside the car behind it looking at the vehicle, which allows you greater control, and you're looking forward along a road with the horizon coming towards you. So a sort of 3D illusion. Now, this wasn't true 3D, but this would become the standard for how games are played as we moved into 3D technology. Pole position was developed in Japan. Engineers at Namco who were building it realized they were onto something pretty great. The game looked good, but it wasn't until they hooked it up to the steering wheel and really felt what it was like to have a driving game. And this is really early. There wasn't a ton of driving games to begin with, and there were even fewer that had this sort of 3D view. So this was really exciting. Later, when the game would be released in arcades and those engineers would go out to see their game in action, they were very satisfied to see that there were huge lines just rolling around the arcade waiting to get in. Some of them would even extend out the door. They had a big hit, so Namco went to the U.S. and said, would you like to develop this game? And originally they went to Bally Midway and said, would you like to choose this game or a game called Mappy? Bally Midway unwisely chose Mappy 
which is a good game. It's no pole position, but it's a good game. And Atari was left with the other game, pole position. So really lucky for Atari. So there are some differences between the Namco version of the game and the Atari version. The Atari version has an extra dip switch setting that allows the user to toggle between the English system and the metric system to measure distance in laps around the track. You would also see a change in the speed of the car and how that's tracked as well. By default, the game uses the metric system. Another difference is at the start of the game, in the Namco version, the Goodyear blimp carries the white banner across the screen, while in the U.S. version, the Goodyear blimp has the word Atari on it. So, some nice product placement for Atari. Now, if you go to arcades now, you probably don't see a lot of these pole position machines anymore. And from what I understand, the circuit boards that are used inside of it underwent a large number of modifications and design changes that made the final game function as is, but made the boards very fragile. So working replacements of these boards are hard to find, and if you're trying to get your board fixed, most repair shops won't even look at them. So if you have a working pole position machine in your area, covet it. A little bit about the gameplay of pole position. In the game, the player controls a Formula One race car, and completes a time trial lap within a certain amount of time to qualify for a Formula One race at the Fuji racetrack. After your qualifying lap, you race against other cars in the championship race. Now, this was the first driving game to be based on a real circuit, and as I mentioned, it takes place at the Fuji Speedway in Japan, and the layout is actually modeled after the Fuji Speedway. You could see Mount Fuji even in the background. So a little bit about the strategy behind playing pole position. At the very beginning, you have to make a qualifying lap, and you'll need to beat a specific time to qualify. Now, depending on how well you did your qualifying time, you will be assigned a position from the first, the pole position, through the eighth for the start of the race. If you can earn the pole position, which is 58.5 seconds on a standard machine, it assures that you're starting right at the front, which makes life a lot easier if you can maintain that lead throughout the game. When you start off, no matter where you are, you want to keep the car in low and put that foot on the gas pedal. Accelerate away from that starting line as fast as you can, and as soon as you get to around 100 miles an hour, shift into high gear. And you should stay in high gear for the entire race, unless you crash and need to start over. Then you do the same thing, low, 100, boom, high. Now, obviously, if you want to do really well at pole position, you have to avoid everything and not crash, which you'll get used to as you learn the turns and learn where to cut and where to turn into each one. Now, as you race, a timer is counting down how many seconds you have left, and if you reach the finish line before your time runs out, you're awarded an additional 45 seconds of racing time to try to complete another lap. You'll continue racing until you fail to complete a lap in the allotted time, or you complete the maximum number of laps, three or four, depending on the setting of the game, before the time runs out completely. Some helpful hints from other gamers. Avoid puddles and the sides of the track because they'll slow you down. Obviously, keep your foot on the gas pedal at all times. When cornering, stick to the inside of the track. When sliding, steer into a skid, and if braking is available, and on the sit-down version there are brakes and gas pedal, you have to really learn your braking technique. Now, I've not done this before, but I've heard that if you place your foot underneath the gas pedal and lift the pedal up instead of pushing down from the top, you can attain higher speeds. 
and I've never done this, and it sounds like one of those urban legend things, but next time I find a pole position game, I'm definitely going to try it if I can. It seems like one of those things where my foot will get stuck, and I'll be telling you a story about how I got my foot stuck in a pole position game a couple of years from now. So points are scored for every foot of track driven. At the end of the game, 50 points are scored for each car the driver has passed. And finishing the game awards 200 points for each second left on your timer. You also get bonus points for your qualifying lap placement. For first place, you get 4,000 points. Second, 2,000. Third, 1,400. Fourth, 1,000. Fifth, 800. Sixth, 600. Seventh, 400. And eighth, 200. And the time range on those is from 58.5 seconds till eighth place, which is 73 seconds. Pole position is famous for its immersion. It also is famous because it is one of the earliest examples of product placement within a video game. If you take the time to look at the billboards around the track, they have advertisements on them, pushing not only products like Pepsi and Canon on the Japanese version, but other titles as well, like Dig Dug and Centipede, and on the Atari version, of course, Atari titles. When this game came out, it turned out to be a really good thing for Atari. They made 20,400 units. That's 17,250 uprights and about 3,150 cockpit games. It turned out to be the most popular game of 1983. People argue what made it so popular. Certainly the realism helped, the immersion in the game, the graphics were cutting edge for the time. You might look at them now and go, well, this doesn't look anything like you're driving, but compared to anything else you were seeing, believe me, it was really great. Other people have cited that the game is not violent and that that appealed to a wider audience. I don't know if that's true. Some people have said that more women played pole position. I don't know if that's true. But I can tell you this, the game was everywhere, not just in arcades. The uprights showed up in malls, supermarkets, even gas stations would have them, which makes sense. You got your car, why not play a video game about cars while you're filling up? It took a couple of years, but the record for pole position was attained in 1986, beating a record that was established in 1984. The record holder is Les Lagier, or Les Legier, hope I'm saying that right, who holds that record with 67,310 points, which is a tremendous score. I'd like an Atari 2600 system, please. Tell me, you're buying it because it plays hundreds of fun and challenging games, right? Uh, no. Oh, then it's because of its incredibly low price? Uh, not really. Well, it must be because its new and exciting games are now priced lower than ever. Uh-uh. Then why are you buying the Atari 2600? You see this cute little girl over here? Yes. She's relentless. The Atari 2600 video game system and its new exciting games at a new low price. Yeah? You look like a real jerk. Well, I am a corporate executive. He stopped exciting things from happening. So what you doing? Well, Muffy Buffy Biff Jr. and I are going on our Sunday drive. Oh, no, you ain't. You're going to play Pole Position!
Action, the number one arcade hit from Atari and Namco. You're behind the wheel of a Grand Prix racer with all the horsepower you can handle. Maybe even a little too much. Pole Position, Atari's most realistic video game ever, now in the arcades. And for the Atari 5200 Super System, it's just around the corner. Pole Position, from Atari. The game being as popular as it was, it spawned a bunch of ports. There were versions made for the Atari 2600, the Atari 5200, the Atari 400, Computer 800, XL and XE, the Commodore 64 and VIC-20, the IBM PC at the time, the Intellivision, the TI-99, the Vectrix, and the Sinclair ZX Spectrum. Now that was just in the 80s. In the mid-90s, Pole Position made a comeback on Windows PCs when it was included as part of Microsoft's Return of the Arcade package. It would later appear on the Sony PlayStation and Sega Dreamcast in the Namco Museum collection, and since then it has been included on most Namco Museum releases. This includes the PlayStation 2, GameCube, GBA, and Xbox. Recently, for the iPod and iPhone, a version of Pole Position called Pole Position Remixed was released. I watched some video of it. Looks great. I would actually love to see an HD version of it released for the Xbox Live Arcade or for Wii or PlayStation 3, but still holding on that. One particular port that you didn't need to have any electricity for was the Parker Brothers board game edition of it. I've actually had the opportunity to play this, although not in many years. In it, as a player, you put various movement cards down in an attempt to be the first car to make it around the track. It was a pretty fun game. Very collectible nowadays. Naturally, if you have a pretty good game, you're going to get some sequels. In 1983, Pole Position 2 was released, and you'll see a lot of those still in arcades and in people's collections. And it added three additional courses along with the original Fuji track. It has slightly improved graphics and a different starting tune. Now, many people consider the three-screened TX1, which was released in 1984 by Atari, to be a sequel to Pole Position. But the true sequel arrived in 1987 with the release of Final Lap, which is by many considered to be the unofficial Pole Position 3. If you were in an arcade back then, you might have seen another game that looked very similar to Pole Position called Top Racer. Now this was a bootleg of the game and not affiliated with Pole Position, just a ripoff. There's a great looking pinball game called Pole Position that's made by Sonic, which I think is a Spanish company. It's a wonderful looking pinball machine. Great sound, interesting layout, but I do not believe it's related to Pole Position, the video game. I couldn't find proof of license, but it looks great. Would love to have that pinball machine in my collection, which would mean I would own one pinball machine. Pole Position was a huge hit, and at the time, video games were making the jump to television for a very short time in the 80s. And Pole Position was used under license from Namco by Deke Entertainment, this show sought to capitalize on the popularity of the video game, but as I mentioned earlier, it has very little in common with the game. It ran for 13 episodes on CBS in 1984 as part of their Saturday morning programming lineup, and later returned in reruns for a few months in 1986. It was shown in the UK during the early 1990s on Saturday mornings as part of Going Live on BBC One. The show is about three young sibling crime fighters, two of whom are stunt drivers, 
who are part of a secret government operation under the guise of the pole position stunt show. The youths inherited their role after their parents die in an unfortunate car accident, and the team is equipped with two high-tech vehicles, Roadie and Wheels, which you can see this has absolutely nothing to do with pole position the video game. Still very cool stuff. The vehicles had numerous hidden gadgets like water skis and hover jets that would pop out when necessary. The characters in the show are Tess Darrett, who is the older sister in the movie and the leader of the group. She drives wheels and is voiced by Lisa Lindgren. Dan Darrett, who's Tess's brother, drives Rhodey, and he was voiced by David Coburn. Daisy Darrett, who's this young sister of Dan and Tess, is voiced by Kalina Kiff. Dr. Zachary Darrett, who is an uncle of the Darrett kids and runs the pole position operation. He's responsible for the development of the vehicles. He was voiced by Jack Angel. Kuma is Daisy's pet, a genetic cross between a raccoon and a monkey. Kuma is voiced by Marilyn Schreffler. Wheels is the 1965 red and black Ford Mustang driven by Tess. Wheels was voiced by Melvin Franklin, who was a member of the musical group The Temptations. Rhodey is a more futuristic, light blue coupe. Rhodey was voiced by Daryl Hickman. If you're a fan of these shows, you're in luck. All 13 episodes of the show are available in both the UK and the US. From now on, like your parents were, you are the secret force of whole position. They're moving real fast, they're the only ones who Let's can get go, there on time. Okay, sis. And never too far behind, they are always fighting crime. Stop trying, Dan. you are, Rhodey. In the danger zone. Pretty soon they'll be off on a mission. Hydrofoil mode, Rhodey. Hydrofoil engaged, Dan. Pole Position made the jump outside of video games onto TV, but it was also mentioned in other medium. Most famously to me, in Goonies, there's a reference to Pole Position. In the attic, when Chunk and Mikey discovered the antique map, Chunk mentioned the date on the map, 1632, and he says, is that a year or something? And in response, Mouth sarcastically answers, no, it's your top score in Pole Position, which means, oh, Chunk is horrible at Pole Position, ha <laughs> ha. Pole Position was seen in some other shows in the background. It was also in the movie Joysticks, which I've mentioned many times on the site. Great movie to see if you love classic video games and horrible 80s movies. In the Judas Priest music video for Free Wheel Burning, a Pole Position upright cabinet appears, and the gameplay of the game is changed so that Rob Halford, who's the lead singer of Judas Priest's head, is in the player's car. Awesome. Pole position for its time was way ahead of the curve in video games. Its graphics, sound, and the realism outclassed anything that had come before it. The use of a real speedway only helped to deepen the realism and enhance the feeling of immersion. 
Even to this day, when I sit down to play it, I'm instantly back in the game. As I mentioned, it seems that pole position is a rather fragile game. So if you do get to play it in an arcade, try to take it easy on the system, but do enjoy it. It's a piece of history and deserves to be both enjoyed and treasured for years to come. Now, tell us something about engines. Rocket or turbine or gasoline, three different kinds of engines. Rocket or turbine. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist and twitter.com slash retroist. If you love video games, the Retroist also has a video game section, our games dot section. And you can get to the game section of the Retroist where you'll read all sorts of great game reviews at games.retroist.com. If you want to just discuss video games, why not drop by the Retroist forum? You can get to the forum at retroist.com forum. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. Motion. Mechanical energy. In a gasoline engine, the fuel explodes inside closed spaces called cylinders and forces moving parts called pistons to move down and up. This motion makes the wheels turn. Providing mechanical energy is an engine's primary function. Gentlemen, start your engines. Boop, boop, boop. This has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.